My name is Maceo. My name is Puno. And this is our podcast. It's fun with Puno and Maceo. Maceo and Puno. It's Puno and Maceo. <laughs> Whatever. Can I be honest with you? Hmm. It's not as fun. <laughs> it's still fun. <laughs> it's, like, it's just not. It's same. just. Yeah. Well, I miss you. I miss you too. And that's, that's actually part of what we want to talk about is it's, sometimes things aren't the same. Sometimes things are different because things yeah. change. And a big change happened. Although you seem to try to not make a big deal out of it before you were leaving. Um, but Maceo had, has already completed his journey and has now moved and like, are you, are you, do you have boxes everywhere? Are you, but he's, no, he's moved, in Detroit now. I moved to Detroit. I drove across the country with a bunch of stuff. And now I live in a different state. And uh, it was a very big change. And one of the things that it did is it meant that our podcast had to be recorded remotely and not in person. So um, I think this episode is about change. Changes. Yeah, man. So uh, I'm, that's like, us. well, <laughs> see, now you're talking to the listeners more because it's like, that's all you got. Oh my gosh. <laughs> or is it, is it worse because you just don't know when to talk? The thing that, the thing that's missing is uh, visual cues about when to talk. And also visual cues about how the conversation's going, and your face is nice yeah. to look at. Oh, thanks. You too. Yeah. I'm very emotive too. So you, when we, whenever we're doing, or whenever we were doing the podcast, and you were just sitting right in front of me, you could see like I, we were both kind of glazing, or you knew when I had a question, you know, because I would perk up. And I'd be like, oh. Right, right. Yeah. So I think that there is something to be said for the audio quality and you have two different tracks that can be edited. Um, I think there's also maybe some research to be done around two track um, audio recording of a Zoom call or a FaceTime call mm -hmm. with, yeah. oh, you know what? Actually, what it could be is that we both record it in GarageBand at our respective sites. Yeah, we could do that. And then, but we're just on a FaceTime call. Yeah. Well, why don't you just try this out for a little bit? No, no, I'm trying it out. I'm trying out. <laughs> I'm trying out my <laughs> many different changes right now. You're trying out all sorts. Like you're yeah. like, I just need something to be the same. To be like, to be quite honest, this is the least of the changes that I've incurred <laughs> over, over the past week. So I I haven't talked to you really since you've moved. What when was the last time you did like a really big change? Um, I would say that the last time I did a really big change was when I decided to open the Minju Gallery. That was pretty big. Why was it big? Well, I went from someone who 
didn't have a particular place to be every day, all day, uh, to someone who had an office and a space and responsibility to that space and to people. Um, and that was like a big change. And along with that came financial obligations, all kinds of politics and, you know, it was crazy. Was it, so, so moving to Detroit, how did this, that first change to kind of prepare you for this or like how, like what's the feeling right now? Are you happy? Are you having fun? Like what's, do you like have any regrets? Well, it's too early too to tell, soon? but I'm early, I'm early in my experience. And so I have a state of openness and I don't want to jump to the conclusion, but I think when dealing with change, what I want to put at the end somehow is what we'll get to is pretty much how the fun, uh, how to maintain the fun through change is to bring it with you. To bring the, the fun with you? Yeah, don't expect it to be there when you get there, right? Don't build it around the life that you have and the things that are around you. There's an element of fun that you have to try to cultivate on the inside so that it goes with you wherever you are. Oh, yeah, totally. I mean, when um, – when you remember when I took those Star Trek photos? Yeah, of course. Well, so when we – right before we went, I, I kind of was feeling – you know, this is like 2015. So I was already feeling a little over, just over the whole backpack photo in landscape, you know? And and I was just like, I just don't know if I want to do that the whole time being there because that kind of felt like what was going to happen. And so last minute, Ken and I were like, well, what if we just wore Star Trek outfits? And then that was it. And we're like, okay, let's just go get some because we just need that and then we'll figure out the rest later. And then when we brought those costumes, just that two, those two shirts, it made everything. Alert, alert. Time travel sequence initiated. Podcast changing. Update. It's fun. Boom. Yeah, so <laughs> before – okay, so I want to pause, but this is not an advertisement. The, the pause – is a time machine blip. Yeah. <laughs> because we are now in the future. We are now in the future. So we're what you're listening to is a podcast that was edited from two very distinct versions of Maceo and Puno. <laughs> the version of Maceo and Puno that was recording the first half of this podcast was pre-COVID. Pre-COVID. And now we're mid-COVID. We are, we are, oh gosh, it's May. No, no, no. It's April 25th, 2020. So we have been in it for a month and a half, two months. Yeah. And this podcast episode was recorded, uh, it's time stamped at, this, this episode was recorded when I was already in Detroit, this was recorded on December 22nd. Oh my gosh. 2019. So let's just talk about how different it is to be, <laughs> to barely, to only be four months from, you know, the recognition, because at this time, four months ago, COVID had already hit 
Asia, it was something that they were already dealing with. Yeah. And, um, you know, during that time, we actually met up in San Francisco. And I remember getting a call from Daniel when I was at the airport and he was like, watch out. And I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Yes. And since then, remember I said that I wore a mask in the airport? Yeah. So now yeah, look at us. Now look at us. And, and people, <laughs> I have like four masks. people looked at me like I was crazy for wearing a mask in the airport in winter and in, in, you know it's like midwinter um, dude i was walking out today and people were looking at me because it was so hot it's like 90 degrees today and i had to take the mask off because i just i was like i can't breathe right yeah. and people were looking at me like i was crazy so since the past through four months i was wearing a mask and i got looked at like i was crazy and then you weren't wearing a mask and you were looked at like you were crazy yeah that just just how quickly the entire social reality has changed. And like when you want to talk about changes, I think for me, the framework that I always come from is like improvising. Yes. Like we are we are very good at we we even love to joke in improvisation mm -hmm. and hypotheticals. Yeah, like what if the whole world just got a sickness and we had to stay inside? <laughs> wow, this is how I would be able to put a mask on and then you know, look at me. <laughs> and I think actually what it is is like part of being, um, you know, it's like with, with improvising, it's like, hey, this is it. the quickest thing you can do is realize that reality is happening in real time and then not fight it and, it, and like say yes and, you know, that's what they tell you in improv. And I think that we have already had the privilege or the choice of conditioning ourselves to live in imperfect situations and kind of make the most out of it. But I, I'm, you know, this was really testing both of us. I think, I mean, it's tested me in a different way than I thought it would. And you had just moved like in the beginning of this podcast we were talking about how you had just moved i had just moved across the country for a new job that i hadn't started yet and now that job doesn't exist and you were you were you got um did you get furloughed or got laid off the museum um had to lay off a large portion of its staff and, and then on top of that, you didn't know anyone there really in the first place. Well, and that's the thing. And I, what I was, what I was saying as I reviewed the episode is that I knew where to find people if I need to. I'm not sitting here completely isolated. <laughs> I said that verbatim. And, and now, you know, I, I am, I am. I am still in my, I am in my apartment completely isolated. The only people I've seen in the past, you know, sort of week are the casual runner in my neighborhood and stuff like that. Um, and I haven't been to the grocery store in two or two weeks. So I, I see my neighbors from my balcony or from, you know, six feet. We don't even walk through the hallway at the same, we like let one person go and then I'll go, you know? Oh, wow. Yeah. Hallway etiquette has changed, but I think, yes, you know, it took some, soul searching. I mean, we could talk about it from, do you want to talk about it from the business side or from the personal side first? I mean, I'd love to hear it from the personal side because what you're going through, I mean, 
it's just like, let's test Maceo. How about that? Well, so this is the thing though, is that like, I signed up for an adventure when I moved across the country. Did I know it was going to be like this? No, I didn't. But would I had, you have gone if it if you knew it would have been like that? I think I I don't I don't I don't um I I'm not really good at that game. Yeah, me too. All I can say is that I wouldn't not do it. I wouldn't I maybe wouldn't do it again, but I don't regret it. Sure. You know, so I don't think there is, you know, who you are when you're looking into the future is a very different person. Like I'm looking back on what even just hearing my own voice from three yeah. months ago, talk about the experience that I hope to have sounds really foreign, even though it's me, you know? Oh, you are going to love devs by the way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I, um, <laughs> which wasn't out yet. <laughs> <laughs> So, so for me, it was like, I was already surrendering a reality that I knew for something that was so that, that had so many variables of difference, um, that it was incomputable how different my life would be. I wasn't sure how the cold would affect me. I wasn't sure how the culture of the city would affect me. I wasn't sure how the, the difference in income. I've also done my taxes since then. I made twice as much money last year as I was making this year. You know, wow. so, so, um, so like by this time last year, I already had made all of what I'm projected to make this year, mm -hmm. you know, um, and that's all, you know, that's a result of COVID. That's a result of job change. That's a result of cost of living. I actually, my quality of life is probably better already. Um, Why? Because of the apartment that I'm in is cheaper and larger than the one that I had in Los Angeles. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, you had like a gallery space though, too. I still have a gallery space. Exactly. I feel like you had like a no, little... no, no. I mean, I'll put it to you this way. Okay. I'm still walking distance from work. I have a larger apartment for less money and I have more free time. That was all before COVID. Mm -hmm. There are differences, right? It's terribly cold here. Like today it was 55 degrees. Um, and that was a beautiful warm day. I took my shirt off. So things like, I think part of it is like changing who you are or who you're willing to be with changes in context. Yeah. Like who have you, you know, have you had to become a different version of a Puno to get through it? Um, I think that for me, I was really nervous because um, in February, our income was half and I wasn't 100% sure why. I don't know if, I mean, there's a lot of different reasons why it could have been, but I was getting nervous and then um, when we had to stay at home, things got real. And I had a lot of friends like Angie and Ted and Geraldine, like people who own stores that were, you know, like freaking out because they had to furlough their employees. Like majority of their income was in these retail stores. So I was getting nervous about just, you know, are people going to purchase things? Like everybody was saying, oh, you're so lucky, Puno, because like you have an online business 
and it's education based. So. Yeah, as if that means people are not being. It immediately turned the market crazy. People are just scared to spend money. Yeah, and I wasn't sure because of February, like if that was wasn't like was correlated at all. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time I've ever had employees because I I went through the two th- I went through the two thousand eight recession and I got laid off um, and I've lived through that and it, it all turned out for the better really yeah this it- is our generation's second recession I left the army in two thousand eight and was like wow so <gasps> no way you were you left the army so you had to get a job in two thousand eight yeah people were like to you're leaving the, you know, we're in a recession, right? You're going to leave a government job. And I was like, yeah, don't like it. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, you're going to go, you're going to go to LA and try to find a job in 2008, you know, 2008, 2009. And I was like, yeah, I guess so. And (laughs) is it that bad? and, And, and people were like, this is not a smart decision. And I was like, it is not a smart decision, but I had, you know, I had savings. I think I had, you know, I was moving to LA, which, you know, it sounds maybe like a lot of money, but it's not like that much money when you're moving across the country from a cheaper place to a more expensive place. I think I had like 20 grand saved up. Oh, and, wow. Good for you. And, um, and this was even before your spreadsheets came out, <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you I moved her- responsible. I moved, but this is the thing. I moved to LA and said, I'm going to open a t-shirt shop and I'm going to like, you know, it's going to be on Melrose. And I had 20 grand to get a lease, open a physical retail space. And that money evaporated. (laughs) We need that podcast episode. (laughs) So then the next, the next thing I know I was in the job market, like, okay, cool. I have maybe $6,000 left and I need to find a job, you know, pretty quickly because I only have a couple months you know, burn left. And I did, I was, I found a job and I stayed there for five years, but here we are in a second recession. And what was that job, by the way? Oh, that was when I started working at American Apparel. Oh, snap. Okay. Yeah. But so t-shirt adjacent. Well, that was how is because they were the whole, I was, they were my wholesaler and I was like, well, they seem to be doing fine. (laughs) (laughs) Were you in downtown at the row? There was no row yet. Oh shit! I mean, you know what I was saying. I mean, the building, the building that it has since become Row DTLA. Yes, we're just going back and forth in future, aren't we? (laughs) Oh, sorry, Puno. One second. I'm sorry. I uh, no, actually, is that no? It's not. Is that Corona? It's not. It's not. But in light of Corona, we are actually having uh, our whole gallery uh, meet online. I run New Two Gallery in Los Angeles, but because we can't gather in person, we're having our digital meet, we're having our meetings digitally on Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time. Go to new2la, N-O-U-S-T-O-U-S-L-A on Instagram for all the information. It's a great chance for you to connect with people in the darkest of times. It's super fun. We change our backgrounds on our Zoom. You're going to love it. Have a good one. I love changing backgrounds. Yeah, it's like a blast. So we have like a Zoom party and talk about our feelings and sometimes cry. So if you want to do that, join us. I think that's my new favorite pastime is to cry on Zoom. Like if you don't do that, you're not really owning this 
isolation even cry on zoom bro no (laughs) okay we should go back to the episode yeah we should sorry okay bye um so did anything change with you like in your own like looking in the mirror you're like can i do this or with daniel like should we should we pull out should we lay off you know so okay so then everything was crazy and um i this is the first time that i've ever had employees and was like, uh oh, you know, mm-hmm. I, that th- I think it was the first time where I felt responsible for them. Up until that point, I was like, oh, having employees was just kind of like how I'm got to run the business because eighty five, and <laughs> you know, I don't know. Mm-hmm. It wasn't really like, oh, I need to protect them in a way, which. Um, so you went, let's just talk about this because th- this is also a leadership moment. Some some people said we have to protect the business and other people said we have to protect our employees. How did you make the decision of of which to, you know, why not just scale back and keep I love ILC going? Well, so financially I had um, like all of last year and because I had been in debt once, like I had a credit card debt when I got out of college, I've always been afraid of debt um, because I know how much it just like weighs on me. So Mm -hmm. I, all of last year I saved um, and I wouldn't grow uh, or add more people until I knew I could cover at least two months so that, you know, seasonally, if something went wrong, we'd have like two months to recover or I'd at least give them two months, a month of like heads up. You know, right. We can give you a severance or some kind of, you know, notice. Yeah. And so um, we had that. So there was no like financial reason at that point to to do any cutting. Um, But what happened was I became more reactive. And also, you know, some of the team members were were being a little reactive, too. And we all kind of fed each other a little bit of. I wouldn't say fear, but like just reaction, just, um, and so we were about to change some of our plans. Like we were going to, uh, delay one of the launches of our courses because we thought, oh, if we do this, then it'll just give more time to like, for people to think about whether or not they were going to buy a course. And so, but if we did that, the amount of like work you have to do to change that because we have this whole um, way to onboard students and and all of that was already set up. So we'd have to change all of that. And it we were like, no, 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 we need to do this because we need to be sensitive to people. And we were speculating that it would be better at the end of the day, like for us and for everyone. So there was risk and there was speculation. Okay. And then I went to sleep and I woke up and I was like, I'm not a freaking fortune teller. Like, I don't know that that's actually what's going to happen. And I actually wanted to know what, how bad is it? I want to know, like, if we launch the day that we say we're going to launch during this crisis, where am I at? I don't want to delay that answer. So I talked to the team and I told them, I was like, 
first of all, I, I don't ever want to make a change like that based on speculation unless we have really good reason to do it. So, so but, basically, like by doing the launch, you at least have concrete data. Yeah. As opposed to postponing the launch and just operating off of speculative data. Right. Yeah. Smart. I'm really glad we did. I mean, because... I think that's a big key that like when people are doing this, they're operating with no information and they're operating really quickly. And those two things together are kind of challenging to do and make sense. Yeah. Of. Yeah. And and I was just like, man, this is stressing me out. And it's like, and I know it was going to be stressing out a few of the people on my team that had to deal with the changes, mm. like had to, you know, stay up late at night to do it. And I didn't want that person to feel like, oh, well, I mean, the world's in crisis. So you better buckle up and you got to do this. Because like, who? that's not a reason. Yeah, you know, the world's in crisis. Got to work harder for my boss. <laughs> that, <laughs> that, because it's not, it's also, okay, so this is the thing is like, this is my first time. So I'm going to switch to me for a second and <laughs> talk about me. This is my first time as an employee in almost seven years. Um, right. And, and that's actually what was happening at our organization is we were, we had to, go from working in the, in our physical office on site to then working remotely. And then because we're working remotely, we had to change the way we're rem- working, have more conference calls, have more meetings to check in because we couldn't do that sort of like casual, you know, casual banter, yeah, or, you know, that, that rolling banter of like productivity when you just need to like holler at somebody, you walk in their office. Yeah. Um, and we had to do it all like in a day, you know, like, oh, can't come. We can't come to work on Monday. So were you were you the guy that everybody was like, how do you do this? Well, no. And that's the thing is like, I also wasn't in a leadership position. So oh. this is also my first time, you know, in a while not being in a managerial or leadership position. So even when I left work at American Apparel, I had like five direct reports and then like 20 people that reported to me overall. So it would have been like my responsibility to come up with solutions for my department. And then I left and, you know, was an entrepreneur. And then with new two, we have, you know, four people and I gave that up. So here I am in Detroit as just like the sort of lowest level. I mean, not the lowest level, but, you know, somewhere in the middle, but I don't have any, um, I don't have any staff that reports to me and I don't have any decisions to make. So that was also a challenge for me of this, this like receiving whatever decision and like having to go with the flow. And I will say, honestly, it was difficult to continue working and be focused on work during the global crisis. Right. I'm, I'm actually more interested in staying on Facebook and CNN to see what's happening than I am executing my tasks. Sure. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So I did go through a period of like, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm cool, calm and collected, but I still, you know, had symptoms of anxiety and stress and reactionary, you know, behavior and thinking. I think yeah. I mitigate it. Um, but how do you balance, like, what made you say, let me sleep on it instead of just decide right now? Um, I, I think it was because I was becoming very anxious and... I don't like to make decisions when I'm anxious because I feel like my emotions 
like there's emotions are good, right? And emotions are also cloudy and they yeah. they really cloud your judgment about things, especially if the emotions are stress, fear, um, or anything that's kind of unknown. Well, no, I mean, I think about that all the time. I think emotions are information. It's, yeah. sen- it's sensory information. But is it the relevant sensory information that you need at that moment to make the decision you're trying to make? It it was it was telling me that I need to just pause mm-hmm. and that I wasn't I wasn't make I don't know I just wasn't comfortable which is another emotion yeah <laughs> and yeah. I was like okay if you're not comfortable then just like sleep on it and the sleeping on it really helps I gotta say because for some reason the world around you isn't as crazy because you lived another day which is kind of weird I'm not I'm not that dramatic but. Um, it's just, everything has just kind of simmered down a bit. And so, yeah, I I think that like, it was really good at that point for me to tell my team that what had just happened to me and why I don't ever want to do that again. So, and then I also wanted them to know about our revenue and why I was freaking out. So I like showed them our revenue for February because, I mean, we talk about it in a sense of like students, but I don't really talk about it in a sense of like, if we don't hit this number, like I'm not profitable. So I showed them. That's good. So the same like transparency that you have with your talks and stuff about money when you do your lectures and stuff, you, you tried to bring that to your staff so they could see you know, why, why? Yeah. Like, Hey, look, you see, there's no money. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And I never, you know, I never really ever, I didn't want to do that because it's, it's more stress to someone who doesn't know how to make more money, you know, like, wait, say that again. It's more to, to show someone like, Hey, we're not making any money. We need to make more money. And put that on someone that doesn't actually really know how to make more money. Mm -hmm. It's, it's kind of, I think just more stressful. Um, Yeah. Like here's a problem. Not going to tell you how to solve it or anything. Just wanted you to know it exists by. Yeah. Which is kind of like mm, how they're treating us with the news. (laughs) (laughs) That's true. There's this horrible disease out there. Don't go outside, but wait, I have to go outside. Yeah, I know. It sucks. (laughs) Sucks. But well, so with the, with, I think it was also really good because I didn't, I wanted them to know like, here, you can always look at this dashboard and you will know if there's something to be worried about. Cause I don't want you to also worry about your job. And I'm, and I told them about like, they already, I mean, I've told them that I've had emergency funds for us, like our company reserve, but I don't think it ever like, no one ever thinks about it as much as I do. So I don't know if, you know, oh yeah, of course we have a company reserve. Like, so I had to like reiterate a lot of things and just let them know, like your job is fine. And I, and if it ever is going to be compromised, like you'll have this much notice. Mm -hmm. So, um, I think that, you know, a couple people were really relieved and like glad that I actually told them everything about numbers and what I'm going through in my head and 
how I don't want to be reactive anymore. And if they, if I told them, I was like, if you ever see me get like that, like call me out and just like help me because my decisions, you know, they impact you. No, I think this is important because it's, I think it's important for people to recognize like entrepreneurs, but also, you know, people that work in companies, like how the CEO or the business leaders personal um, habits around finance and planning and debt are and leadership and, and everything, you know, actually like materialize in the business in ways that most people don't even recognize, you know, like I'm not a cash reserve type of person usually, but um, I knew that I was gearing up to leave a very stable situation when I was leaving the army and I was going to a very tumultuous situation. So wow. I know I need you that. Well, I think normally, I, to be honest, I normally just live paycheck to paycheck. I'm, you know, I don't actually manage my money well, but I do know how to mitigate risk because I was one in the army and two, like my parents were very, um, my, my, my dad was very entrepreneurial and my mom was very practical. So it was like, cool, you know, I can live pay to, paycheck to paycheck because I'm single and I'm young. And I'm actually um, always, I have really good deal flow, you know? Mm-hmm. So there's always like money out there that I can capture quickly if I need to. Um, so I don't keep a lot of cash on hand because I'm always working. I'm always, you know? And so sometimes I have, you know, two weeks or 30 days when, you know, my where I'm like completely broke, but it's never months at a time you know, because I always have movement. Now that's a high risk lifestyle. And so like financially, you know, Paco would not approve. (laughs) But when I know I'm moving across the country, I'm like, okay, let me build up my cash reserves because I'm going into freelance slash unemployment. And I don't know how long it's going to be until I'm able to, you know, um, charge up that deal flow and get like the economic momentum. And so the way that I look at it is not always have huge cash reserves. I'm always, I'm like a deal flow guy. I'm like, cool. So do I see an invoice coming in the next 30 days? Okay. There's an invoice in the pipeline. What's Mm -hmm. the likelihood that they'll pay on time? It's a high likelihood because they paid on time last time. So you know what? I'm going to spend my last $5,000 on this camera because I know I have an invoice coming in anyway. Well, you, you have cash flow. I guess I have cash flow. That's what I'm saying. So it's like, you know, I'm always, I'm, I'm more so looking at, you know, uh, I'm, I'm also like a top line focused person. So, so I'm like, cool, cash flow in, cash flow in, you know, and also like, what is my debt situation? Is something going to get cut off? No, I can be late if nothing's going to get cut off or if I'm not going to get penalized. It, you know what I mean? So yeah. I manage risk, um, like focused on the high side and like agency. And I think we talked about this on one of the episodes, like how I think about money. Um, I'm like profit focused and I'm like high side. And so, you know, as long as I'm covering the bottom line, I don't keep a lot of reserves unless I'm gearing up for major change. And because major change has so many variables, I need to create padding. So did you, did you have padding before you went out to Detroit? So when I moved to Detroit, I didn't really, you know, but I had some things in place. I knew how much 
I I knew how I knew when my first payroll date was, and I knew I had enough money to make it to that payroll date. So, so it's like I know when I know when my first like when I was moving to Detroit, I knew when my first check was going to be coming, uh-huh. and so I spent my savings to move from LA to Detroit, and I ended up in Detroit. You know, almost like the day that I received my uh, reimbursement for my uh, my travel expenses was the day I needed that money. <laughs> oh, snap. And then are you on unemployment right now? Yeah. So right now I am on pandemic unemployment insurance. And, you know, depending on – and, you know, I'm also an entrepreneur. So I will probably leave the pandemic unemployment insurance if – my like entrepreneurial endeavor, entrepreneurial endeavors actually come to fruition. But yeah. you know, um, I was already trying to grow the web business of Citizens of Culture at, at while I was working full time. It's just that now, two things have changed. Now I'm not working, and yeah. the landscape for <laughs> for digital products and uh, digital economy has has there's a lot more competition. Um, and, but there's not necessarily all that much more competition in my particular sector. Yeah. And it's, it's also, it's interesting about how the whole, like all of the ads have now changed to fitness, Mm -hmm. education and marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Because you don't, you're not going to buy new clothes to only wear them inside. You know, (laughs) now there's some lingerie and pajama stuff I've seen. There's, um, gadgets that i've seen some sweats yeah there are some gadgets that are like um you know like those basketball training tutorials where it's like you buy this special basketball that is monitored by the phone you know my my little sister has that yeah so you're seeing and i so this is like the point is like you're seeing adaptation in the market that's reflective of like the individual's ability to individual's ability to see like what's your core competency and how can you modify your delivery. Right. I mean, okay. So so that that's been a, another big change too. Has been I mean, I'm just I'm honestly so glad that we do have this business because it can it's almost like you know how all of last year I was just like talking about trying to understand Facebook ads and trying to understand scaling digitally. Yeah. Like that's all I did last year. And it's almost as if it was just perfect timing for me um, because I have been ever, ever since this has all happened, like so many people have hit me up about like, how do I do digital marketing now? Because like their business needs to be online uh, and, yeah. I mean, I did events marketing and that was like how we, how I did things. And now I have to do digital marketing. I think I'm one of the people that texted you do a Facebook yeah. ads class. <laughs> Which I'm going to do. And I want to be think, in the beta group. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to do a workshop. Like right um, now. <laughs> <laughs> like, let's talk about it right now. <laughs> but I think that that's just like, it, it's almost as if the okay. What people have been telling me is, I've been meaning to do this. I've been meaning to do this, and now you're literally thrusted into it. And 
and it's the same thing with my students. It's like, they're like, I've been meaning to learn this. They've been meaning to do this. And now they're just doing it. And that's how I felt in 2008. When I got laid off, it was like, it kind of, it sucked. Like, I, I mean, everybody else was getting laid off. So you felt a little bit of. Like it's okay, not it's your not, fault or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But you still got laid off before the other guy did, you know? And, yeah. and that like kind of hurt. And then you don't really know what to do also. Um, so, and at that time I didn't have savings. So I was just like, okay, shoot. So I, I got in unemployment and, um, and then got thrusted into freelance. But what I think is, you know, looking now, being able to look back at the recession, it's not as bad as Corona, but what's great is that you, or at least I was thrusted into this unknown. Um, and I don't know if I would have done it any faster. I think that I would have just stayed the course because my job was fine. Like it wasn't horrible. I I had cool people I was working with because I was an ad agency, but and I was making, you know, decent money. Um, but if I hadn't been like pushed into it, I wouldn't have really tried something new so quickly. So this and is it, why I love <laughs> This is why I love COVID-19 because it's, it's forced us out of old habits really rapidly, which can cause panic, but it can also cause like rapid growth if you're able to catch up with what you're trying to do. Yeah. And even, you know, forcing yourself and companies to work remotely, I think is so great. I think, and I, I think that like, not all companies, obviously restaurants and retail, like it sucks, but for the other people, you know, just being in an uncomfortable situation. If you're working with data, you can work remotely and pretty much, you know, there's a lot of industries that work with data. (laughs) And I think it's also just a shift in your work, like, you know, changing the environment up completely. A lot of people talk about, well, I need to go on vacation. But nobody ever like really switches up their environment like you do or you literally will like move desks and chairs and stuff mm-hmm. to just change it up and rewire. And I and I love that that's happening. And I, and I know it sucks that we are in quarantine for so long, but the length of time is actually good too because it's letting people not just get out of it and be like, woohoo, that was not for me. You know, they didn't get to try to actually live in – in this kind of new situation and adapt to it in some way. And sure, it's not going to be for everyone and it shouldn't be like, it's not like you suck because you can't do this. It's, but I think just being able to have a completely new experience is, is really like, it's like that confidence points thing. I was thinking about Alexis as well. Um, The neurology or something of change, right? Like neuroplasticity right now is something that people have got to be taking advantage of or feeling. Ooh, um, breaking news. I'm going to have to interrupt this wonderful conversation and tell you all that this episode is brought to you by I love creatives.com. 
uh, we have amazing, fun things. I'm the founder of it, you know, you know, and, uh, so almost every other day we host a super productive time, which is basically a co-working workshop currently if we're if you're listening to this and we're still self-isolating then it's available for free so get in on it we um want to be productive so there's 80 percent working and then 20 percent socializing and some stretching which is really fun and i like to meet new people and we uh we force you to meet new people so that's that let's get back to the episode Woo-hoo. can we talk about luck for a second Uh uh-huh because i don't know how to make sense of the fact that my style of marketing was very event-based you know i want to bring people into the gallery for events for openings and then we're going to talk about everything that we need to talk about and then from that pool i get people's email addresses and then you know my my you know my sort of sales funnel operates that way that's how i've done it for like almost 10 years People go to events, they RSVP, I get their email address, and then I remarket them because they've come to my parties. That's it. Mm -hmm. But you were like on a digital path. And so, you know, there's no one who said one version is better. We both had our own versions of success. But, you know, if COVID had affected digital servers, if it had been a computer virus, then my business would have thrived. And yours would have faced some difficulty, but yeah. But as a result, it was a human virus. So my, your business is, I think, will thrive, and mine is facing some challenges. So do you do you think about luck or just like favor in that way? Or I mean, not to say superstition wise, but like you couldn't have known COVID was coming when you decided to do a digital business. Well, you remember we kind of did have a digital, not a virus, but. People Map was um, affected by Cambridge Analytica twice. You oh, know? Like, I almost lost my business twice. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. I didn't know it was that dire. I mean, I know oh, yeah. that it disrupted like they the shut f- it off. Yeah, they yeah. They basically it's exactly like COVID in that they literally turned off our connection. So we could, you cannot do, you couldn't analyze, you couldn't do anything. You would open up People Map and it would be blank because there's no, there's nothing. And I was like scrambling. I was like, I emailed every single person that had a, that was on LinkedIn that worked at Facebook or Instagram. I emailed Eva Chen, which who actually emailed me back, which is crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. So Every that, but that's the thing in a way. I mean, this is really bad, but no. But what you all... what you do then? I mean, that was your that was your thumbs down, and and maybe now this one is maybe more neutral than thumbs up. Or do you think you'll come out like stronger as a result of this? Because people are I, at home. I think that. Let's go into the future now. I know. <laughs> um. Yeah. Traveling. Really yeah, so you're Puno in the future talking about this is really crazy. I'm gonna put you on the spot. You're Puno in the future, you know, a year from now. A year from now, Jesus. Six I months. Never I don't know. Okay. Well, you're gonna do it. Six months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us how things have have gone. 
Okay. Six months from the future is, um, this is December ish. Mm -hmm. Thanksgiving. I think that we will at least make the same revenue of last year, if not double. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's not a big difference at all. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's the same, if not double. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just because I, I have data now. Um, we, we were already planning on trying a lot of things and we just started implementing them like literally at this moment during the crisis and, um, they're kind of working out. So So some of your good ideas, I, I guess what we're finding out is what you, looking back now on 2020 is that COVID didn't affect your particular business that negatively. Some of the ideas that you were, you were putting in place, you know, they were good ideas and they worked out. Yep. Mm -hmm. And um, I think because we were being very reactive to, um, to Corona, we started doing a lot more digital events that, honestly, we're not, they weren't really us. So we took a little detour and, and we were trying to be helpful for people, but, and it it was helpful, but it wasn't really our path. It was almost just a, you know, this is a reactionary one-off thing that we can do, but this doesn't have to be the rest of our business. And so we're no, we're now like turning back and going back to what we, what we are really good at, which is um, edutainment and education. And yeah, we, we did that too. I think we did a temporary scramble for eyeballs. Um, and you know, we're like that happened. Um, and then we were like, actually, why are we doing all this digital stuff that we don't even do? Uh, uh, let's just do the stuff we do well. And then also maybe take time to, you know, think about like longer term, what our digital will be. Um, before we before we go, you know, anything else about changes or improvisation that? Yeah, I think that know, as it relates to being fun. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like, especially with learning, meeting new people, anything that's hard, there is always going to be a dip. And, and it's so every single time for some reason, even for me, like, uh, you, you forget that it's a dip or you forget like, oh, this sucks. And I think, um, I feel like people will later, they may definitely, maybe not now, but I don't know, maybe you will, you will appreciate this time that is forcing you into a completely new rewiring mm. because it's just allowing you to allow other things. Like I was, yeah, I, I was okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. I was talking to another person about, um, they're like, you know, I always had this idea and what's cool is that it's so crazy right now that your crazy ideas are not actually that crazy. Yeah. No, I was thinking of it this way, that you might not look back on the time as enjoyable, 
but hopefully you can find how it's made your future present better where you're like benefiting in the future having gone through it Mm -hmm. you know so even when things you know are not fun like legitimately not fun you're panicking about the future of your business or your livelihood it does create an opportunity for you to like uh, either survive or thrive the next go around just like both of us in 2009 2008 very difficult time economic uncertainty and that part of that anyway helped just a little bit in in adjusting to this time and this time well oh, it now, most definitely did for me yeah actually absolutely right so so then this time like, also <laughs> yeah and so i think what what happens is that like because we've survived that it's not like what kill you doesn't make you stronger what doesn't kill you makes you stronger thing but like what you what you can find a lesson from actually makes you stronger and makes you smarter and i think resilience is fun yes and i i really because you bounce yeah you hit you fall and you hit the ground and you bounce yeah you don't (laughs) fall flat and you're like uh (laughs) damn i'm just gonna sit here i think that also we we like we are training ourselves to to live in situations like this. And I don't want to say that I'm addicted to it, but I definitely like the adventure. I think I'm not saying that I want a Corona again. No, no, no. I think, I think that's it. That's it. It's that, you know, life is always uncertain actually. And if we can approach life with a spirit of adventure, even those moments when we're feeling panic, they, it still nets fun. Yeah. Like Bilbo Baggins. <laughs> or even even Andrew. Remember how Andrew was saying on Coast to Costa it, on their trips, if there isn't a little something that goes wrong. <laughs> the hero's journey. You need that dip in order to make the story interesting. And we like it because it's good content for our podcast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So this has been a really good podcast. Um, and it, <laughs> thank you, know, you, Corona. Thank you, Corona. <laughs> well, that was a fun episode. They all are. They all are. So if you felt that way too, we would love it if you could. Uh, well, Maceo, could you tell them what they should do? If you could, just go ahead and drop us a million stars or as many as you think are are worthy as a little review and, and and maybe tell us what you liked about it. Yeah. And then our parents will be proud of us. Mm, I can feel it already. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. It's fun with Puno and Maceo. Maceo and Puno. It's Puno and Maceo. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs>